Welcome to the MMA Killshot Podcast from DFS Army. It's UFC 298. If you're living under a rock, I'll tell you the main event. Alexander Volkanovsky versus Ilya Toporia for the UFC Featherweight Championship. I'm Sniper. Next to me is Monk. Down below is Gino. We're going to talk all 13 fights in this card. We're going to go over DraftKings. We're going to go over betting. It's not your typical breakdown podcast anymore. We switched up the format last week to hilarious results. Each of these guys are going to defend one fighter. They don't get to pick who they defend. I will make that decision. I'll tell you who I agree with and who made the better argument, who I think won the round. Maybe I'll keep score. Maybe I won't. Uh, the, the good old what was the show? The, the Around the Horn vibes? Scoring doesn't really matter. We'll yep, make it yep. up. Whatever. So we will do that. Had some fun last week. If you missed last week's show, Monk talked his, himself and everyone else onto Max Griffin, who then won the fight. Including yep. the judges, apparently. I talked them into it, too. I mean, it wasn't the worst decision I've seen. Let's, no, let's, it wasn't. Let's, so... It wasn't the robbery that was being spammed no. in our chat. No. Well... Get a few drinks. You get some DFS lineups flowing. You, you know, you know how it goes. A lot of times, I just read it. So before we get into the card, everybody hit the like button, share the podcast with your friends, drop us a comment, and let's get rolling. Actually, before the, I mean, we got to talk. We could shoot the shit for a minute. Monk, how are you feeling coming off of that big Max Griffin win? Are you ready for two ninety eight? Oh, huge Max Griffin win! Riding the wave of that, right into uh, two ninety eight. Man, I'm looking forward to this card. A lot of good matchups, several newcomers, which I don't necessarily like and which we aren't accustomed to seeing on big pay-per-view cards, but uh, I welcome it because my guy Marab is on the card and we get Volk. I mean, what what else do we need? It's fantastic. Love the card. I, I think you, you could be in for a very sad night, sir, based on no what way. those two names you just said, but I can't wait no to talk way. about it. Nobody can harsh my vibe, man. All right. I should probably mute you after that, but when we just said we'll talk to Gino for a second who... Apparently, Gino's got a little following. I didn't, I didn't know about. It. He joined us. I, I do the uh, the. He does a preview post, and all of a sudden, got people saying, "Hey, I want to jump on the podcast. Can't wait." Can nobody gives a shit about me? So, Gino, tell me, Mike, how'd you get so famous? Oh God, I wouldn't say I'm I'm famous or anything. I'm just extremely popular. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um, no, I, I guess I just run my set, mouth. Said the vice principal. That's total teacher vibes. Right. Give him, give him the Marty from True Detective. Hey, I'm just a regular ass dude with a big ass dick. I mean, he. I mean, listen. Side note: they they were totally reading my diary on that one. Yeah, <laughs> which I don't keep. Yeah, but actually, man, I think it's it's I think it's uh Doc Ock. I don't know if you guys know him or. or yeah, we him. know. Doc. Hey, Doc, why don't you like the sniper? I know you don't know me. Well, it's because you're always talking trash about his fighters. He he's he's one of the owners of Couture. I don't talk trash about Couture. No, not talk, not his fighters. I'm sorry. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Chris Curtis. Fuck Chris Curtis. There, there you go. Listen, there listen, you go. I'm sorry, I hate. You know what? That was, that's such a pet peeve of mine too. I hate when people say always. Like it's like not all. You can't yeah, no. I, I listen. Me, 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 and Chris Curtis had a, a DM exchange back and forth. I'm my favorite dude. I don't have to like everybody. I'm a big fan. I like his bestie, Chris Lieben. I love Chris Lieben. <laughs> yeah, does that, get, does that get me back in the Doc Ock bandwagon? I'm not going to be a yes man. We can like different people. We can still be cool. Yeah, yeah, but that's how that's how I got famous. I guess I guess I got say, is, is is my friendship with him. I was just busting chops. Well, welcome to the show, Doc Ock. Because I assume you were watching, and if not, you're a shit friend. All right, let's move on. Let's. He's talk. probably not watching. I, I would say that. That's probably, oh, that's probably the latter. Doesn't he have friend. a kid now? You know what? I, you can excuse all that. You got a kid. 
Yeah. Well, I got four. I'd watch his show. Well, because you're a good friend. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on. Let's talk UFC 298 main event. Not going to honey dick anyone. We're going to go right to the main event. Alexander, the great Volkanovsky. Just change it to the GOAT. If you don't think he's a featherweight GOAT, I, 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 I need to hear your in-depth arguments for um, for – for, who else will we be arguing? You can't argue Holloway anymore. You argue Jose Aldo, right? That's got to be the only other argument is Aldo yeah, and Volk. Pretty much. I don't see how you lose it. Unless Deporia goes out and, and gives uh, Volk the old McGregor six-second treatment here. I don't know. Like that, Then maybe we start thinking, then they would run some weird-ass parallels, actually. <laughs> that would be really funny. They'd have to run that back, though. Yeah. <sighs> For Probably. sure. No matter what happens, this fight's going to happen again. There's nobody else. I mean, who who else is really? Well, you got to start talking all of the intangibles again about Volk, which whoever is on the, I give the Tiporia side here, has got to talk about all the intangibles, him talking about drinking before the last fight. Is his heart really in it? Like, that's got to be part of the argument, but we'll, we will see. First, Ilya Tiporia looks strong. You know, the up and coming, the, the up and comer. Prices on DraftKings, 8200 for Volkanovsky, 8000 for Teporia. The DraftKings lines, or the sportsbook odds, I should say. Pretty much a pick them, as you would expect. Lean towards Volkanovsky, like those salaries indicate. Minus 125 for Volk. Teporia is plus 105. I feel like I gave Monk the short stick more often than not last week. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give you Volkanovsky. You are first. Good. What's the case for the champ? Um, yeah, I'm glad because I did not want to defend Ilya. Although it's not difficult to defend Ilya. I, I mean, know you didn't. I, I I was being a good dude, friend. Dude's awesome. Well, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, it's Volk, man. We're back at featherweight. This isn't lightweight. I mean, Volk lost. Uh, I forget who he lost to back in the day, off the top of my head. He's lost two fights since then. Both of them have been lightweight. Both to Islam Makachev, obviously. Uh, but he is the king of the featherweight division until he's knocked out or proven wrong, you know, gotten out of there. I refuse to believe otherwise. Um, 119 is what he's scored in his six, five round featherweight fights that he's partaken in 119 per win. Ceiling is almost 140, five of those six wins over a hundred points. And I mean, it just happens again and again and again. Uh, we got Yair Rodriguez. He put up 140 Holloway, 114 Korean zombie, 133 and they go on from there um both guys have a ridiculous strength of schedule Ilya, the way i do it it's basically for everybody in the ufc all their stuff the average is 55 Ilya's at 62 which is a fantastic number volk is five and a half points above that at 67 and a half one of the best strength of schedules basically of all time and he's got like four how many fights 14 15 ufc fights oh in his last five 127 points a win, over four points a minute. Ilya's got to come in here. He's walking around talking shit, wearing the belt, all cocky and confident. My God, uh, I can't wait to see Volk put him in and put put him down and keep his rightful place uh, at the top of the featherweight division. So there we go, Volk. And at 8,200, holy shit! I mean, how many lineups can I get him in? All of them. I I, I gotta say, I I do enjoy watching cocky people get put in their place that's why i enjoyed the bryce mitchell knockout so much like mm-hmm. like josh emmett is a special place in my heart now i was always kind of josh emmett fan but i love you josh emmett 
Side, <laughs> quick aside. So and I don't even, would, that, that I don't even dislike Ilya Topuria. He's just, I mean, against Volk, what he, are you going to, you know, like, he's got, he's got some douchey vibes. I don't he does, despise, for sure. I don't despise him, but he, he's got some douche vibes, which a lot of fighters do. Cause you got to be that kind of crazy ass alpha to do this. Anyway, yeah. Gino defend our boy Ilya. How does okay. he take the belt? Yeah, and one thing, I think that the thing that bothers us the most is the fact that we're talking about one of the greatest fighters. You can't disrespect him when you're coming in as the challenger. That's just, mm-hmm. no, no. But, silliness. So what I'll say about Tapuria, there is a, I want to see him get knocked out, but we're in the betting game. There are worst dogs to be played. Um, Tapuria, let's talk about the fight in general for DK, first of all. You have Volk, 136, 114, 133, 135, 102 in his last Five wins. Tapuria, 126, 100, 199. Tapuria's been smoking, guys. He's been so dominant that I feel like that last five-round fight, people were, while he dominated and he went, I think, what, he outstrike him by 70, 80 strikes, 152 to 87, and landed three takedowns. People were like, because he didn't smoke him and put his lights out or submit him, it was kind of like, ah, well, that's disappointing. Fact of the matter is, that was a good opponent in Emmett. Um, and he dominated him five rounds. And the other thing, what he showed us in that was that he's been smoking guys. The question was, okay, can he really go those five rounds? What he show us, he can keep it going for five rounds. He didn't really let up. Um, so with that being said, he's fighting a Volkanovsky who's coming off of a nasty KO. That's one thing people haven't really mentioned yet is how he's going to respond to that. I mean, that was – that was a pretty brutal KO, pretty devastating how that ended, especially the way they hyped it up. I think there is a piece to that. He even talked about some of the mental health things he was going through. You know, that's not like a magic wand. You don't just say, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm battling these things. And then it's like, okay, well, he acknowledged it. He's better now. We really don't know what's good. He looks good, but we don't really know what's going on up there, especially after a brutal knockout. So I say all that to say, I mean, who's to say Tapuri doesn't see that? Get right up in his grill, kind of like Sean Strickland did to Izzy. I don't think Izzy recovered from that and just shocks him. Um, or just comes in and puts him out. It, now we've seen it happen. I mean, he was up a weight class. I get that. But Tapuri is pretty powerful. All right. I, I, I Look, this is one of the weird, the weird ones where I, I agree with both of you. I, I'm going to give this one to Gino simply because I think everybody needs to know that Taporia is more alive than, than you want to admit with Volk. As much as I love Volk, too, and, and I do, and I think I just think Taporia is super live. I think I'm going to be around like I might just pussy this one out in DraftKings and play 50-50. I actually think it's a coin flip. And aside from that, I think Volk is going to be higher owned. Also, uh, cash games. Just go ahead and play both these guys, but don't mm-hmm. don't fuck around here if you're playing cash games on DraftKings. And uh, betting wise, j- just just pass. I I wouldn't bet this fight. T- to me, for me, I, this is lined right. Going to be fun. Sit back and enjoy it. Maybe if you want. If anything, I I I don't think that the party is going to starch Volk. Maybe look into the over. I, I I could go that route mm. if you wanted to make a bet in the fight, but I, I think I'm reaching there a little bit. All right, let's talk co-main event. Plenty to talk about here as we got Robert Whitaker. He's 9,000 on DraftKings. Take on Paulo Costa, the eraser. Fuck it. I'm not going to call you Bohashina. You are the eraser forever. 
um, at 7,200. A line in this fight. Whitaker's minus 250. Comeback on cost is plus 205. And I personally, Monk, I will say you were you were first, but I've seen tons and tons and tons of people now picking Paulo Costa to the point where I'm wondering how fucking chalky he's going to be. Um, so that being said, Gino is not somebody who picked Paulo Costa. So you're going to go first here with the favorite, Robert Whitaker, the former middleweight champion of the world. Can I just say, I think they heard about Monk and Griffin last week and <laughs> it just started moving. He started moving the line with Costa. It, um, it doesn't it doesn't work that way. It has to start with somebody he doesn't want to defend at all. Like somehow he's going to end up picking Roman Kopilov later. I don't know how, but that's like <laughs> something like that. He's going to convince us. Um, so with Whitaker, I'm OK. First, let me just put this out there. When I go to talk about picks, much different from talking about my DraftKings plays. I think this fight's complete shit because I'm picking Whitaker. I say that because, well, even with Costa, Costa's last three wins have been 85, 78, 87 for DraftKings. You got Whitaker 65, 72, and 88 in his last three wins. It's complete. Like when it comes to volume for DraftKings purposes, it's it's not good. Whitaker, I don't see him getting put out if he loses in round one, um, which I think that's really the, the path for one of these guys to score well as a round one finish. But with Whitaker – um, yeah, he got knocked out by Dreykus, but I think everybody bef- before Dreykus beat Strickland was kind of like, Ugh, like how, where's Whitaker at? But then Dreykus comes out. I think Strickland won um, personally, but I am a little biased. Um, but Dreykus now is the champion, so we can live with that. And then the other loss besides that is Izzy, who's arguably the greatest, one of the greatest champions of all time. Um so with all that being said, he's fighting Costa. Costa, he's got the striking. I, I was not impressed with the Costa that we saw however long ago against Luke Rockhold. Um, that was not an impressive look to me. Um, and I think that it's a sucker line because you see that line uh, for betting purposes and then you look at the dog. But I do think Whitaker is, is rightfully in that line because of his quality of competition, his quality of wins. Um, and then Costa just, I mean, he's powerful, but he hasn't really shown a whole bunch to say, like, I I, I need to be back up in that title title race. Where Whitaker, you know, who knows, that before he retires, he could push for it one more time. All right, Monk, he just called you a sucker. Defend yourself. Defend your boy. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. I'm going to, this is like my favorite. This, this could be, not that I didn't like doing this podcast, but if I could just stir shit for an hour. Like this would be way more fun. Listen, this I was looking at the numbers to this one, and this is way closer to a 50-50 fight than anyone wants to admit, even the people picking Paulo Costa, because most of them are just picking him because he's cheap as hell and they're looking for dogs. Because no matter what a lot of people say, there's a ton of dogs this week. I don't fucking buy it. Uh, so you have to pick the dogs, uh, you know, the ones that stick out to you. And of course, everybody's going to Costa, but let's face it. Both guys have lost two of their past three. Both don't say Roberts lost a better comp. Yeah, he's lost to two champions now. Uh, actually, so has Costa. Rockhold was a champion as well. Um, Vittori fight was extremely close. Um, and then say, you know, the Whitaker uh, Duplessis fight, not uh, very close whatsoever. Um, but a lot of their stats are very, very equal. Both of them don't get a lot of finishes in the first round. Both of them spend about 80% of their fight time fighting at distance. 
Um, Paulo Costa has the better accuracy, at least in the last five. Um, he also scores more drafting points everywhere compared to uh, Whitaker. Yes, even inside the distance, outscoring Whitaker by almost 0.6 points a minute, but he does allow more points as well as Paulo Costa. Has a better floor, um, doesn't shoot as many takedowns, obviously, as Whitaker, but has an 80. Both of them have right about an 80% takedown defense. Their strength of schedules are the same. They're about the same height. They have about the same reach. They're about the same age. This is a 50 fucking 50 fight. I don't want to hear anything about ring rust. Oh, he's had a year and a half off. Oh, he's not going to make the fight. That's all I heard for the past week. Everybody that's on Costa now. Oh, he's, this fight's not even going to happen. It became the people, the casuals are making that joke. It's, it's, it's ever, it's so popular to make. Uh, yeah, this fight is going to happen. Costa's looked as good as he's ever looked. And uh, one of these guys is coming off a win and one of them is coming off of a huge loss. And yeah, I just think Costa has the ability to get it done. Even if he doesn't, even if I'm not picking him, 9K and 7,200 is completely asinine, should be much closer than that. So the value's on Costa, in my opinion. All right. I don't know how you do that whole argument and not mention no USADA and the secret juice. No, I, I did not. Did I not say secret juice? It's in the name. I mean, yeah. yeah. True. All right. All right. It's, it's, you got to, the, the whole, there, there's no I'm more not USADA. I'm not calling him either, but I'm also not calling him the eraser. His nickname is Secret Juice. <laughs> Um, I don't like the way that Whitaker is reacting to get a hit now. I'm worried about that chin falling off. What what does for me? I'm on the Whitaker side because I can't quite pick Costa based on conjecture of okay, is Whitaker falling off? Is Costa gonna gonna look better because of no Usada? I don't like the way he looked in the Rockhold fights. For me, the pick I got to stay with Whitaker, and if Costa is popular, I want to see ownerships in DFS Army on Friday. Because if he's as popular as I think, I'll be bumping him down personally. But in terms, in terms of the argument, I love the passion, Monk. You were fired up. You were first. People are following you. I'll give you the win, even though I disagree with you. So see, I I can be fair and impartial. And now I feel dirty, and I have to do something evil to you. So Ian Gary's at ninety one hundred, taking on Jeff Neal at seventy one hundred. Line on this fight. Jeff Neal is plus 190. Ian Gary, the favorite at minus 230. And you may think I'm going to be mean to good old Monk because I am I am going to give him Jeff Neal here. No, you get Ian Gary. Uh, I fucking hate Ian Gary with a burning hot passion. I still picked him to win this fight, but I can't give him two wins in a week. So this is going to be an uphill battle for you. But please, defend Captain Cuck. I mean Ian Gary. Mikado Gary. Gross. No, 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 no. Ian Gary. Nope, nope. Nope. Ian Cuck Gary. This is gross. <laughs> I hate it. This is worse than you giving me Ehor Pateria last week. And that aged well. Hey, yeah. Um look, that was my kill shot. Cash that shit. Yeah. Uh fucking Ian Gary. So I can't if, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. So I will say this if he finds he has to find a knockout in order to be relevant at all, whether it's in his career, whether it's in the media, whether it's in uh, DraftKings, um, and maybe even with his wife. I don't know. Uh, but he, he's got to find a knockout. He has to. Otherwise, he scores like shit. He looks like shit, and nobody likes him. So, yeah, Jeff Neal, I mean, he's dropped three. Sorry, I have to shit on Jeff Neal. I don't want to, but he's dropped three of his last five. Yeah, it was to Shavkat and Thompson and Magny, but uh, fuck. 
Yeah, he's Gary should be able to beat Neil. In oh. in full disclosure, I picked Ian Gary to win as well. I picked him to win by decision. Um, I don't think he's going to get that knockout uh, that he so desperately needs and wants. Um, and I think it's going to go to decision, but I think he'll do enough to get it done, just like he does in every fucking one of his fights. Always does just enough to get it done, uh, whether he finishes or not. So there you go, Ian Gary, ninety one hundred. Yeah. It's ugly, but there you go, cash play. You just, you just shitting the guy who you you were doing so well. He has to get a, a he has to get a knockout to be relevant in his in his career and life or whatever the line was. Yeah, was one of the better ones. I think you backpedaled on it. All right. <laughs> all right Gino. tell us why all of us ian gary haters i'm not saying the middle name I'm not doing it tell us why all the ian gary haters what our hope is what we need to see from our boy jeff neal i tell you the more i look at it the more i think there is hope i the more i think there is hope i'm actually i'm gonna get my family together we're gonna pray the night before <laughs> um because there is nothing Nothing I would love to see more than this guy just get completely starched. Um, and with that being said, speaking of that, it's it's interesting because I can't find anywhere where Neil has been knocked out himself. Um, so that chin stands up. Neil is a very experienced fighter. He's relentless. I believe, if I'm correct, Gary's already made this very personal for Neil with the with T-shirts and all that stuff. That's him, right? With the with mm -hmm. the kids yeah. so so you've already made it personal you given you've given him that that mental that that mental bank in camp um while he was like hiding away from sean strickland um so with that being said you look at that if it goes into later rounds um neil can keep a, a decent pace on him there are worlds where he can get him and he has knocked people out he also has quite as kept some submission upside as well so he could trip him up, get him down, and then we can see what that submission defense looks like of Gary. There's a lot of questions that haven't been answered with Gary. Um, it is very clear what the UFC is trying to do with him, um, giving him that Patty Pimblet, um treatment and just gradually increase him up. But I do see, and that's how I, I do Patty, is like I think they're both fraud, fraudulent in a, in a lot of ways. Um, so I, I just always bet against him because I, I feel like it's going to hit eventually. If it's not today, it'll it'll hit the next time. Um, so, but I do I, I see where Neil can get it. Um, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of worlds. Oh, and also Neil has scored 120, 64, 106, 105, and 114 in his most recent wins on DraftKings. All right, for me, I'm picking Ian Gary. He's just more volume everywhere. I'm gonna give the win to Gino because fuck Ian Gary. No, no two wins in a weekend. I got it. I need all the false hope. Any little bit of false hope I can get, but it's false hope. Uh, moving on, let's talk Marab Divalishvili, 8,600. Take on Henry Cejudo at 7,600. Line on this fight, Divalishvili, minus 220. That's that's a bit extreme for me, but I'll let these Too guys. Too narrow. Oh, man. Plus 160 to plus 180, depending on the book, is the comeback for soon-to-be quadruple C. Should be true quadruple C. Yeah, he's already quadruple C. Oh, I'll let you, uh, do you. You really need me to tell you what the fourth C stands for? It's a family show, Monk. There you go. You got it. Oh. It's, a, it's a family show. Took me a second. Ugh, this is this is uncomfortable. All oh, right. it's, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> you want to be uncomfortable? Go watch Henry Cejudo's press day earlier today. 
when he responded to the reporter about things that smell. Oh, I need to go watch that. I didn't okay. see that. Cool. Got, got, got uh, something to watch after the podcast while I post. Um, all right. So who's first for this fight? Oh, Gina, you're first for this fight. And I am going to give you the dog, Henry Cejudo. Back-to-back dogs for you. But much like the last one, it's actually not that hard of a fight for you because, spoiler alert, as much as I love Marab, I actually picked against him, and I feel dirty. So Monk can yell at me. Gino, why why are you on Triple C? Make, make the case. So, first of all, this fight is an absolute goal. I think I'm probably going to go all in um, for DraftKings purposes because the ceiling on this is, is phenomenal. Um, you have Cejudo uh, who can land. He, he has the ability to, to get finishes. He has the wrestling. Um, he's highly intelligent. All he's all he's done is continue to grow IQ wise. I thought, you know, one thing we haven't really given him a lot of credit for, or at least I haven't until I went and watched it again. He looked really good fighting one of the, one of the better champions we've seen in a while off of an extensive layoff um, in Aljamain Sterling. So I don't think we can just discount that. He's getting a guy, Marab. Marab has a really good pace. Um, and he he's relentless with the takedowns. The one thing is, I don't think he can hold anybody down. Um, he just it's that's why he gets so many DraftKings points because he takes them down, they get up. Takes them down, they get up. Um, doesn't get much. He doesn't seem to appear to get a whole bunch of damage um, with his striking either, um, which makes me feel better about Cejudo um, in the in this fight. Um, so with that being said, I, I just don't think the. Uh, I don't think Marab's seen anybody like Cejudo when it comes to the wrestling. Um, I think that's going to be hard on him. Um, I don't. I think a guy as prideful as Cejudo getting taken down the way he did by Aljo, um, you, I think he went to camp and shored up his game. Um, so I don't see him coming out with that lackluster defense again. Um, and finally, again, both guys, they have ceilings. I mean, Marab scored as high as almost 170 Um points in DraftKings. So it's a great fight overall, but I do um, feel comfortable in Cejudo, especially at 7,600. Um, you mean to tell me a guy that pedigree, that caliber? Um, I, I, yeah, uh, sign me up. Monk, tell us why all the DFSers always love Marab Diavalishvili, and more importantly, why Cejudo is no reason to abandon Chip as I have. Uh, yeah, I mean, I love um rob obviously for reasons that uh gino went into he's a fantastic DraftKings score matt return after matt return after matt return we all know all this stuff uh but the most uh overlooked thing is his ability to land strikes and more importantly when it comes to DraftKings, insignificant strikes strike just total strikes that are non non-significant strikes i should say uh that's how mckenzie dern scored 160 points that's how marab a lot of the time scores all these points yes he lands takedowns uh but he's also landing a ton of ground ground and pound as the significant strikes that they are not counting as significant strikes they still count as 0.2 points and marab leads the league basically at least the division he's towards the top five in said strikes um my whole thing is everybody's been saying, oh, he's not going to be able to take Cejudo down and blah, blah. So? So what? He couldn't take Jose Aldo down, one of the greatest strikers of all time, the best featherweight champion we've probably, was it featherweight? Yeah, it was featherweight. Uh, featherweight champion we'd ever seen, uh, and he didn't take him down at all, and he still won that fight, like dominantly. Uh, he only took John Dodson down twice, still won that fight 
dominantly still controlled these guys for 30% of the time with zero takedowns. Henry Cejudo, yes, Olympic wrestler, but he's had one fight since 2020. Uh, he got beat by the champion. He's 37 years old now. He's probably going to retire. He keeps saying it's all or nothing, all or nothing. We've heard a lot of people say that before. Then they lose, then they retire. Uh, he may be injured from what we're hearing. And I have a feeling he's he's spent the mo majority of his training camp pretending to fire his coach because he thinks it's funny. Like, this guy seems like the most unfocused motherfucker I've ever seen. And uh, I'm going with my guy, Marab, not only for the DraftKings upside, but if you're on Cejudo this week, Let's look at how many points Marab gives up when he loses. 67 on average for his whole career. 67 points is what he gives up. So in a five-round fight, maybe he gives up 80. That's not enough to, uh, even at 7,600, that's not enough to do anything. So, yeah, give me Marab here. I got to give the win to Monk because even though I'm on Cejudo, I, I like the, the 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 striking stats, the insignificant striking stats. Cejudo's yeah, age, all that shit. Yeah, it's solid. It's like you got me th rethinking a little bit, just a touch. All I can do. Friends up the don't points. let friends bet Henry Cejudo. Oh, God, I might change. I might change my <laughs> mind in this in this in our kill shot contest. It might. God damn it! <laughs> all right, God, Monk, why did you do that to me? Why? I just hate him so much. I know you do. <laughs> And I appreciate that. He's so cringy, though. And like, now, and, like and now, and, and now, I'm gonna make you pay. I'm gonna make no, you that's pay. all right. I'm gonna make you pay dearly. And I foreshadowed it earlier. Anthony Fluffy Hernandez is 8,800. Roman, I can't stop. A takedown. Kapilov is 7,400. Line on this fight. Fluffy's minus 260. Kapilov plus 200. Monk, pull a Max Payne Griffin. Why is Kapilov gonna win this fight? Well, that's interesting. You mentioned Max Payne Griffin. Um, but I have to look at something you just said. Um, yeah, that's right. Can't stop a takedown. These two people have landed takedowns on 25 attempts on Kapilov. He's got a 92% UFC takedown defense. Is it really and he's 95% in his last five fights. Wait, wait, wait. I gotta be Wild. thinking the wrong person. Who, well, who while you look at that, that, since you mentioned Max Griffin, what did I say last week with Max Griffin? Do you remember? I said, has he really got <laughs> four knockdowns in four fights? <laughs> What do we have here? Roman Kopilov, Josh Frem, knockdown. Claudio Kibero, knockdown. Alessio Di Carico, knockdown. Albert Duraev, knockdown. I'm pretty sure that's four knockdowns in his past five fights. There's your mirror right there to Max Griffin. What, what else is there? Kopilov, all funny. he has to do, all Kopilov has to do is land one shot. And guess what? We've seen this shit happen before with someone a lot less powerful than Roman Kopilov. His name is Kevin the Trailblazer Holland, the real-life superhero just put Fluffy down in like 30 seconds. Scored, uh, what did he end up? A shitload, like 130 points in that fight. Let's get it, Roman Kopilov. There is a window here, a very good window, because Kopilov has been, lately he hasn't been really being under uh, overlooked, underplayed, because he's been proving it time and time and time again. So, yeah, there is definitely a path here for Kopilov, and it is in his, it is in his striking and immaculate, almost immaculate takedown defense so who that'll be put to the test against who, who, this is going to drive me literally insane who am i thinking of that's a similar name similar build to this guy you can't stop a takedown because now this is going to drive me insane because the stats are right i was 100 percent wrong this, is he on this card i don't i don't know who the fuck chase Gina. hooper no no <laughs> chase wants to get taken down exactly who 
in the world am I thinking of? This is uh, this is gonna really bother me here. Shit. All right, Gino, go ahead, go ahead and talk to us about Fluffy Hernandez while I lose my mind. Okay, so one thing to point out um that that I noticed really quick is yes, there is a very high um uh, percentage for his takedown defense, but if you go and look at his opponents in the UFC where we're getting the data from, none of those guys have takedowns in any of their other fights. They don't really bring a whole bunch of threat when it comes to the wrestling. However, Anthony Hernandez, on the other hand, that's a different story. He's offering you about seven takedowns per fight. Um, he gets as high as eight, can go as high as probably 11. We haven't seen it yet. It could happen here against um, Kabilov because now while – the percentage is low. The one thing is when you go watch the, it's not a, it's, it's not a bad take in his defense because the thing is he has that nice wide base and he uses it. He uses the cage. Well, um, the thing about it is Hernandez isn't going to let up one time when he gets on that cage, he's not going to let up two times when he gets on that cage, he's going to pressure him, pressure him, pressure him. Oh, and if that doesn't work, he's going to, he'll light him up. Um, he'll use the level changes. He'll, he has so many ways to get to, um, is it Kabilov or Kapilov? Kapilov, right? Kapilov. I'm so bad. Um, but I think I ju I just think the overall volume. Both guys have good. Um, well, Kapilov. Well, really, their striking volume is pretty similar. I want to say it's like a one strike difference um, per minute. Um, but I just think the overall volume, the rounded volume of Hernandez, will smother him. Um, he also, like I said, he hasn't seen somebody really trying to push those takedowns, push that wrestling on him. So I want to see how he's going to respond. Very confident and fluffy taking this one. And great DK play, because if he has to rely on that wrestling, he's going to score a lot of points. I can't, I, I swear I'm thinking of another Eastern European fighter who can't stop a takedown. It's just, it's just escaping me. And I totally handicapped you, Gino, because Monk put me in my place. I got to give him the win. Or shit. I went, I went, I went and looked it out. Who? Vyacheslav Borshev? Slava Claus? Oh, God. It's a tall kickboxer, too. What the fuck am I thinking? This is going to drive me crazy. I went to look it up, by the way. All-time. All-time uh, takedown defense with at least five UFC fights and 20 takedown attempts against you. Copy loss number 10 in UFC history all-time. <laughs> you see my eyes. Rewind the tape and watch my eyes yeah. light up right after you say that. <laughs> Uh, who this is literally fuck I don't know I'm overusing literally but I'm pissed and I'm annoyed I'm still picking fluffy I don't think copy Love can stop his takedowns but yeah. I, I I I will take my l and let's move on and let's talk Amanda Lemos who's 8300 and Mackenzie Dern at 7900 <clears throat> line on this fight not as wide as I thought it was going to be honestly uh Lemos minus 135 come back on Dern is plus 114. <clears throat> um, Monk, you can take Amanda Lemos. Oh, good, good, good. Because um, I was frantically looking for how I was going to defend Mackenzie Dern. Um, yeah, Dern should be one and four in her last five. I mean, if you go by just the stats, like she should have lost that fight against Tisha Torres. I mean, she got out-controlled. She got outstruck. No takedowns were landed, and somehow she won the split decision. Uh, so yeah, one and four with her only win being over Angela Hill. That would look uh, even worse than it does. Meanwhile, Amanda Lemos, she's only three and two, but she's lost to uh, two former champs, Jessica Andra, Zhang Wiley. 
um, beat Marina Rodriguez, uh, beat Michelle Waterson Gomez pretty handily, and then uh, close one, close one with Angela Hill. Um, yeah, apparently Dern is like doesn't have like a place to train. She's like training herself. She has no training partners. Uh, she's done this for two fights now. This is her second fight, I should say, doing this. Uh, in her first fight, she got absolutely uh, woman handled, I guess, as the case were, by Jessica Andrade. Uh, I mean, Andrade scored like 131 points. Um, you know, no takedowns were landed in that fight. She knocked Dern down four times and uh, beat her in just over eight minutes. What's the difference there? Like, Lemos is a pr primarily a striker, and Dern. In her last few fights, Marina Rodriguez, striker. Zhang Yaonan, striker. Both L's right there. And Amanda Lemos is just, I mean, how does she not do pretty much the same thing that Andrade did? So I don't have a lot of confidence here in Dern. Um, I love Amanda Lemos for cash. And even for GPPs at uh, 8,300, yeah, she doesn't score a ton generally when she loses or when she wins, excuse me. Um, but what is Dern giving up? 100, no, 96 points on average when she loses Mackenzie Dern. Uh, so that's not a decent, that's not a bad number there for uh, 8,300. Gino, other side. Okay, so with Dern, um, I will say, first of all, with DK, I wouldn't say she's like the greatest play. Don't be deceived by that one uh, fight against Angela Hill. I would say that's a bit of an outlier on that 153 score. But um, she does have a lot, and I think this is the scary thing because we're seeing um, a world where striking starting to take over, and a lot of these jujitsu people were we're just starting to see them get destroyed because they don't have that striking. I mean, this is a sport about damage. Um, that's why the, we see all these split decisions going towards strikers because they're gonna go with who gets more damage, who looks more active. Um, and, but with with all that, I will say she does appear to be getting better. I think. Her camp is because, you know, just for research, I do follow her on Instagram. Just, you know, so make sure we're, we're keeping up with the research. research. Right, right, right. Um, But she has a boyfriend who's who's a professional fighter, and I believe she's training with him. She seems to always be working her striking. It's Angela Hill, so it's a hard sample to pull from. But she did look better in the striking there. Um, One thing to say about Jan in that, in that fight was – it appeared to be more competitive when you watch the fight outside of looking at the numbers, because I remember people, I remember the, the push after the fight because she did start to finally get a little ground and get a little credit in the community um, because she was one of the people that a lot of hardcores and people were saying she was in there because she's pretty. Um, but then she started to earn that respect. So she's coming in here fighting a limos. Limos is not a world beater. We're talking women's MMA. Um, it's not like Mackenzie Dern is some just walk through the park fighter. She's fought in main events. Um, she was at one point on a four fight win streak. Who's to say uh, she can't just come right in here, land a round one um, arm bar right on, right on limos. Um, not the craziest thing, or she could even um, show us that she's continuing to prove in the striking highly unlikely um, and round off a decision win. Look, I'm the biggest McKenzie Dern mark out there. Like, I don't have Instagram because I'm old now. Um, but if I did, I would follow her. And I won't I would lie and say it was research. I would I would just follow her. Um but I gotta take Monk's point here too. <clears throat> no camp. Yeah, oh her boyfriend, oh they're they're I mean, I've seen that video where, where they're training. I, I've seen that. Like <laughs> I don't know. No camp, no improvement. Last fight looked terrible. 
I and I I disagree. I think you undersold Lemosh a little bit. Lemosh is legit. I think Lemosh is gonna get another title shot at some Wait, point and, in his career. And and real quick, how is this fight? We mentioned the short turnaround for Volk. Dern got knocked down four times and KO'd in th three months ago. Three months ago. Holy she had a shit. very recent trip to the Shadow Realm. So, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm on Lemos here, and I'll I'll give the dub to Monk, who wins back to back. So I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Oh yeah, it's your fault. The last one. Yeah, I I, I screwed you there. I to <laughs> I totally fucked you. But I'm gonna help you out now, at least I think. Now, if you pull this one off, I'm gonna be impressed because I have a pretty hard stand on this one. Marcos Rogerio de Lima. He's 8500. Take it on Justin Taffa at 7700 line on this fight rogerio de lima minus 148 come back on top of plus 124 those are the DraftKings numbers gino you can go first with Pezao rogerio de lima so i do i do like Delima. um he he is not gonna have a, a advantage on this on the feet with the striking so look for this thing to go go down and go down quick um, he does, he has the ability, uh, for DraftKings, he can score well. Um, it could end up being a really boring looking fight where none of us are excited and he could just score a shit ton of points off of control time and being on top of the dude. Um, then there's also with that being said, he could do that over a few rounds and then land a submission. Um, I do think that's where he goes here against Atafa. Um, neither of the guys are, are, it's not like Tafa to me. I mean, he's good. He's, he's good with the striking, not bad. Um, pretty strong. But it's not like he's he's a world beater um, with that. I do think um, I think Delima can get inside of him um, and press him up. Eventually, get him down, land the submission. Um, the that Derek Lewis thing it was it was that was a that was a brutal thing to watch. Um, but I don't see. I mean, I didn't see Derek Lewis doing it, but I really don't see uh, Tafa running across the cage and landing the flying knee. Um, so that, with, that's some shit I could totally I totally saw happen with uh Derek Lewis. I made a ton of money on that one. Everybody counting Derek Lewis out way too soon. He said, I think I just made that shit up right before he I mean, I, I wasn't said. like, oh yeah, it's, it's you know Derek Lewis gonna come up with a flying knee, but when he did it, the way Derek Lewis fights like a like like just like he's outside of an IHOP at 2 a.m. Like I totally could I didn't surprise me that much. Still cool to watch. Yeah. Uh, all right, monk, Tafa. The human version of the Kool-Aid man, Justin Taffa. <laughs> uh, yeah, this, this fight's going to end in the first round, guys. This fight is going to end in the first round because that's how all Justin Taffa wins end, and that's how 70% of Hajerio DeLima wins end as well. Uh, DeLima has uh, lost seven times in the UFC. Four of those times have been in the very first round. Both guys have a gigantic power index, and both guys have terrible chins as well maybe not terrible but uh they have both been chinned for sure um you mentioned what hajero de lima should do and this is what we say all the time when like uh lupi godinez fights or uh gregory rodriguez usually fights they all have grappling and hajero de lima just doesn't use it like ever yeah he subbed arlovsky um, but he landed, let's see, no takedown, obviously, well, not against Lewis, three takedowns. He did land against Cortez Acosta, uh, controlled him only 33% of that fight. One takedown landed against Ivanov, 
didn't go for much control time there. He lost that fight. No takedowns against Ben Rothwell. Uh, beat him obviously in in uh, thirty seconds there. But if you keep going, there's there's like he doesn't he prefers to stand. And anybody that chooses to stand with a guy like Justin Taffa, anybody that you know lets Derek Lewis run across the ring, like Derek Lewis, yeah, that was cool. But he's not a fucking cheetah, and he doesn't have an invisibility cloak. Like what? Where was the reaction time? from uh Hajerio de Lima where the fuck was it uh Justin Taffa could just roll at this dude like Blanca from Street Fighter 2 and <laughs> de Lima's going down bro that's it so yeah Taffa if he wants to stand with Justin Taffa that's his fucking problem and Taffa's gotta, gonna put Taffa's gotta, gonna put him down like everybody else 7600 for a round one or 7700 for a round one KO give that to me all day just know you're going to see that on Twitter and probably TikTok pretty shortly. Just, just heads up. That's going to be coming out tonight. There we oh, go. I, I almost want to give you the win because that was really funny. <laughs> oh, I noticed the weight of my heart. That was, I can't do it. I can't do it. I tried. But that was solid. Valiant Thanks effort. Blanca. I, I do. I do appreciate the point that this fight probably is going to end up in the optimal lineup. Like these are first round guys. Oh yeah. So. Oh, must play, must play heavyweight slop fest. This, this podcast is way more fun when there's Blanca references. <laughs> you know what? And I and I like that so much. And didn't give you the win. The win for there goes to Gino. I'm I'm, I'm going to help you out. Although pre 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 talk podcast, Gino wanted this so. Yeah, <laughs> Rinya Nakamura is ninety six hundred. Carlos Vera is sixty six hundred. It's like I'm getting ready to watch a train wreck. Um, Nakamura is, is anywhere between. Let's see, the the best price you can get on him. The best price appears to be on my bookie at minus twelve hundred. So enjoy that. Um, Sheesh. The comeback on there anywhere between. 750. Oh, there's seven plus 700 somewhere, but you can go get plus 800 on DraftKings. All right, I, I, Monk, Rinya Nakamura. It, this should not be a long argument, sir. No, it shouldn't. In fact, I'm just now seeing Carlos Vera. Not only is his nickname Pequeño, which, if you don't know your Spanish, means small, quite literally. Uh, he's 36 years old. He's a 36 year old UFC debutante. What Muscle the maturity. fuck? Hey, listen, listen. That, that, that shit stopped being funny to me about three years ago. 36, <laughs> dude. You're you're getting into the UFC at 36. Okay, bro. And you don't have any Dana White contender series fight. You think is this dude been an LFA? I think something like that, or Brave or the fucking jungle fight league. Who knows? With no, one of these organizations. Right. Don't compare LFA Brave and Jungle Fight. Let's, <laughs> let's fucking take that down. Um yeah, I don't have much else. I mean, Nakamura's been looking great. He scores he five points the a minute. Fighter. He allows he a, he Oh, he was decision. on the Ultimate Fighter. That's right. Where, where he took a decision loss to Brad Katona. In, in an exhibition fight. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He did lose to Katona. Um Nakamura's strength of schedule is dog shit. Don't get me wrong, but he has a first like 30 second win. Uh, it, you know, he scored 140 points. Then he beats Fernie Garcia. Everybody beats Fernie Garcia. The dudes looked really, really good. Went all 15 with Fernie, but controlled 63% of that fight. Doubled up his striking. Uh, landed four takedowns. A ton of control time. Yeah, it's gonna take. Uh, 
a miracle, they say, as Snoop Dogg said, for uh, Carlos Pena to be able to uh, get this done. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm all over Nakamura here. I'll give my my, uh, but let let's see let's see how Gino's going to try and sway us because I I, I can argue that somebody that 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 if Toshiomi Kazama and Carlos verified, I, I think Kazama would be would be a favorite. <laughs> so please tell us why Vera is not somebody I should X out of my player pool. If you pull a Max Griffin on me, I'm going to hang up on you. <laughs> if. Okay. We're going to go to school real quick. Go, go back to my day job. All right. Who can answer this question for me? Who knows, out of all four of the opponents that Nakamura's fought, how many of them, how many have gone on to win UFC fights? Uh, Mr. Gino, we're going back to school here. The answer is fuck your mother. Zero. <laughs> Zero. Zero of the guys. He's looked great. None of them. So Fernie Garcia, he has current he is currently in the process of a four-fight losing streak. He went on to get absolutely smashed by Emil after that. Granted, good competition, right? But still getting smashed. With Vera, and I'm not saying bet your bankroll on them. Let's just, let's, let's put that out there real quick. Okay. But there are worse plus money plays to be had. If you look at Vera, let's look at Vera. Yes. We've seen plenty of Nakamura, but he's got eight professional fights. He's fought four of them in the UFC. That's good. Go over to Vera. Vera has an extensive fighting career. He has 14 professional fights. Even his amateur fights are tracked, and I, it, that looks well more than 10. So he, you're talking about a guy, yes, he's old, but he is well-experienced fighting a younger fighter. Uh, oh, and another thing, out of all these fights, Vera has only been finished one time, and it was by submission. So he's not going to just be a guy that Nakamura can just come and lay out right off the bat. Kind of reminds me of Rosa. I don't know. I, I, can't, remember, I can't remember his opponent's name off the top of my head, but uh, Rosa's was coming in as a major, major favorite. And he went in to fight and he lost a decision um, because because the guy was tougher, the guy was experienced, and he gave him work he wasn't expecting. Again, guys, don't think I'm telling you all to bet the house, but there are much worse plays at this pricing. And at this price, if he does somehow, you know, he has a crappy decision win, He'll still score well. He he scores over sixty. He's gonna that at that price. Are you saying Charles Rosa from years ago or Raul Rosas Jr.? Raul Rosas Jr. Yeah. Uh, I, I say, if you're comparing Dennis, if you're Charles comparing Rosa. Dennis Seaver and fucking no 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 no, I was like no, we yeah. got a real issue here. So to 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 Christina Aguilera. Mm-hmm. Uh, good try. My problem is I watched all the tape on Renya a couple times and one of my favorite prospects. So out of principle, it's going to monk and you got a bigger dog. And, and, and I just disagree with you on a point that there's better plus money dogs to be, there's, there are better plus money dogs to be had. And we're going to talk about one shortly that, that, that another one you wanted that I'm more on board with. So save your fire power for that one. Until then we have to talk about the fraud bowl, the fraud bowl. There's two guys on this card making their UFC against, debut against each other who have fought literally nobody. Um, it is Zhang Mingyang, Mingyang, here I know as Zhang, 
8,400. Taking on um, Brenson Ribeiro at 7,800. Line on this fight. Um, Zhang is minus 122. The comeback on Ribeiro plus 105. Gino, take take whoever you want. You, you, you can pick for that valiant effort because honestly, it's the same argument for both these guys. Who the fuck knows? So take whoever you want. Oh, no, it is not. No. Well, take whoever you want. Who do you want, Mark? I want the dog. Okay. But I don't you care. Want, is, you want Brenton Ribeiro? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. okay. So, all right. Well, with Zhang, I'm just going to say he's kill or be killed. Um, as far as draft kings, this is a, this is a both good guys fight. are by the way. Sorry, yeah. I messed up my yeah. intro because I I meant to mention this. I, I had a, I had a, I had a, a note down. It's about don't. I think there's there's over forty professional fights between these two, I believe, and there are like two decisions. Right. Like it's it's and and now we got to deal with this in a DraftKings slate on one of the biggest cards of the year. Fuck you, yeah. Dave. Right, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> so you know it. <laughs> So Zhang, he does have some he does have some pop in his hands, um, but again, we've we've already talked about this. Neither of these guys are like, I mean, they're professional fighters. Of of course, they're good, um, but UFC quality, I I don't know about. Um, so with that being said, I do see Zhang. Um, his opponent uh, Ribeiro, he is he's he's got a compromised chin. It's shown it. Um, and I think Zhang does have the the edge from watching the film. I think I think he is the slightly better fighter. So yeah, I've I've no problem playing Zhang. But I think overall this is a great great fight for DraftKings. Um, and it'll probably be lower owned because people the especially in these big pay per view cards the field will they tend to go with yeah. name value. I, I I there's a strategy I'm considering because I'm not going to play a ton of lines where I just pick the six fights where I think the optimal is going to come from. Like the main event, like um, Devalish Vili Zahudo, like this one, and just like Delima Tafa, and just running every combination of those that's like over 49.5 in salary. And just mm-hmm. those are my seven lineups, and I'm just going to move on because mm. personally, I can't. I mean, I, I, I'm not I'm not playing 150. I'm going to make a primary, and I'm not going to MME this week, but so, but I might do that. So, anyway, um, all right, all right, Monk, you wanted Ribeiro. Why? <laughs> All great points, and I mean, this is a shit show. Uh, both guys are killed to be killed. Their stats don't even need to be gone over. They both scored a shitload knockouts in the first three, less than four minutes. Blah, blah, blah. Both are nicknamed after animals, so there you go. Who's going to win between a gorilla and a mountain tiger? You know what I'm saying? It depends on where the fight is. If it's in the mountains, I'm taking the tiger, but if we're talking about flat terrain, I mean, it's the gorilla all day. But the reason... We're going to play a little wiki capping here. Let's see. 5 and 0 oh, when uh Zhang was 5 and 0, oh, he fought an 0 oh and 2 guy. Then he was 6 and 0 oh, and he fought an 0 oh and 0 oh guy. Then he was 9 and 2 and he fought a 1 and 2 guy. Then he was 9 and 3 and he fought an 0 oh and 1 guy. Oh yeah, he also got beat. We're we're talking about this is the fraud bowl. This dude got beat by the biggest fraud of them all. Asker Mosarov. <clears throat> He got beat. Not only did he get beat by Asker Mosgrove, he got knocked out in the first motherfucking round. So yeah, if you if you are talking to me about frauds and you took a huge L to a gig, the king of the frauds himself, you are, sir, the one true fraud. And therefore, I'm taking 
Brendson. I don't know what that name's all about. Hibero for the win. You can't I'm lose Jang, I think, I'm t- Personally, I'm taking I'm taking Jang because because I think watching film, he looks better. But it's a shit show. Props to Monk for the wiki capping argument and bringing up the the King of the Frauds leaning it into was it. the voice in the conclusion, wasn't it? That's what yeah, got him you over gotta, the top. You gotta, you got to sell him. You got to make. I, Dude, you're lucky. I didn't give him win on, I didn't give him the win on the Blanca reference. We only have Seventy percent of this shit is is theatrical. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. You got to upsell it. I really thought we had 13 fights on this card. I think I said it in the intro too. There's only 12. No, only 12. Well, I think yeah, I undersold Limos. Limos. You got to undersell too. Yeah, that's true. All right, let's talk about. I don't like this oh, fight. Jesus. I I, I just I got? just don't like this fight. Danny Barlow at 8700. Take it on Josh Quinlan at 7,500. I think I don't like it because I can't get a good read on it because it's how good is Danny Barlow. Uh, he's minus 200. Come back on Quinlan is plus 160. Um, Gino looks dejected. He just looks sad. <laughs> so you can go So you can go and take jo- Josh Quinlan first. <clears throat> okay. Um, so with Quinlan, he's off the juice now, so he's looking a little less powerful in his last outing, but he also looks really gonna be powerful. going to be back on it? Eh, I don't know. I don't think that so. is gone. We got we're living in a whole new world. That's true. Like, Paulo yeah. uh, Costa is going to come out with, with with four extra nipples and three. Oh, like, he's dude, and he's crazy. on Costa's card too. Who doesn't oh, want to see yeah. this? Yeah, pour all your money on Quinlan. He's he's gotten the juice again. We're going to be all right. Um, <laughs> but he looked nice. less powerful. But he was also not fighting Jason or um Wit. I'm sorry, I said Jason Wit tight end. Um, but Wit, who actually can get knocked out by a strong gust of wind. So I, I'm right. just saying, it's Jason Witt. Oh, really? Two Witt. You're thinking of Jason Witten. Jason Witten. Y'all, I suck with names. I just <laughs> suck with names. Um, but Quinlan, he was outstruck 104 to uh, 50 in a decision loss to Waters. Um, so it does, it does show a little bit. But I mean, Waters, the jury's still out on him. He's one and one in the UFC with a loss to Bonefim. So that may not be the worst um loss in the world, especially for a guy like Quinlan, who's um, breaking his way into the UFC. Um, he is fighting a Barlow who is fresh off the Dana White contested series uh, with um, a finish. Um, and he has five confirmed round one finishes in a seven fight career. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I do think if, if Quinlan comes back, um, he just, he did have, um, he looked off in the last fight. I, we're assuming good coaching. We're assuming a good camp. He comes back. He shores up his game. You're going to see that power back. You're going to see that striking back. Um, I could see him shocking a guy like Barlow. I don't know if Barlow's seen um, somebody with Quinlan. I, let's let's hope a juiced Quinlan um, with that power. Um, and I think it could shock him. I think it could put him in a real bad place real quick. Um, and we, like I said, we see this type of thing happen a lot. Um and the thing is, how many guys like isn't it like a million guys are coming to the UFC now? Like I feel like every Bro. other week we're getting a, a like three new people. Yeah, as someone who does the the uh, tape index for MMA Play Three Six Five, I'm pretty annoyed about it. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> pulling new tape every goddamn week. Yeah. No <laughs> yeah. Doubt. Anyway, um, all right, decent monk. How good is Danny Barlow? You know, I don't, I don't know how good he is. Uh, his nickname is fucking top notch. Left hand to God. It's got the two in there. It's all one word, real reminiscent of like, uh, if you ever listened to Tupac, the all eyes on me. That's, that's how I see. That's a terrible nickname. That's, that's how I see the. Stop it. Stop it. It horrendous. is a great nickname. Great nickname. 
left hand mm. to God. It's better than the fucking Maverick. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, he beat Jason Witt. Jason Witt is terrible. Uh, he landed three strikes and knocked him out in two minutes. Uh, and then he turned around and lost to, a, like you said, Gino, I think a, a decent Trey Waters. But still, Quinlan did not look good in that at all, uh, especially riding high off of that Jason Witt win. He could not get anything going. He got outstruck two to one, like you said. Um, did land a takedown, but didn't do much with the control time there and just looked overall lost on his feet. I know Trey Waters, if I'm remembering correctly, He's like a six foot five welterweight. He's, he's a super tall guy with really rangy uh, as well. So maybe Quinlan had a hard time getting in on him. Uh, that's unfortunate for Josh Quinlan if that was the case, because Barlow is listed two inches taller and eight inches of this dude has an 80 inch reach at welterweight. What did John Jones have the mm. longest reach? And he's at like 84 and a half at heavyweight now, light heavyweight, I guess, if we're making the argument. Two weight classes down, this guy's got an 80 inch reach. Looked great against Raheem Forrest. Listen, this fight's a shit show. These guys have seven pro fights, and Barlow probably has seven pro minutes, basically probably a little bit more than that, but not much of cage time. I'm just going to take Barlow here because he's more of a mystery, and I've seen Quinlan look like he doesn't have an answer for what's going on. So I'm going to just side with Barlow here. He's not even in the 9K range, mid-range, for uh, an exponentially high first-round upside. That's a guy I want in my lineups. I think Quinlan's going to win. That is my pick. But in terms of argument, Monk, you said he didn't have a lot of cage time that hurt your case. And the fact that we talked about extra nipples and steroids and the uh, the uh, extra juice, I'm going to give Gino the point there. One one thing, I, I didn't want to bring this up to hurt myself. But no, Barlow, I mean, if, you, if you do it, I, I will take the point away. Nope, never mind. Arlo loses yeah, and <laughs> 10 out of 10 times. Sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Oban Elliott at 9,300. Taking on Val Woodburn at 6,900. Come back. Uh, sorry, Oban Elliott's minus 310. Come back on Woodburn is plus 250. Everybody, don't think I'm being mean to Gino. He asked for this now. He asked for this one. Monk, you are first, though. You get the layup. Oban Elliott. Well, there is one clear layup for Woodburn, but I want to see if, if, if Gino mentions it, if he doesn't, I'd love to uh, pipe in at the end for half a second. Uh, Oban Elliott should be uh, better all around here. I mean, the Welsh gangster, he, he, he idolizes Chael Sonnen. Now, as far that's as a good as, nickname, that's a good nickname. It is. As far as personality goes, you could argue both sides of if Chael Sonnen's the best guy to follow or not. But as far as like uh, work ethic, and uh, style of fighting, yeah, there's worse guys than uh, than Chael Sonnen. So Oban Elliott uh, found, actually on Ariel show found out Chael was going to be in the audience, and uh, that was a really kind of a cool moment, you know, for uh, for an incoming guy. Love to see like real, real moments like that in our sport, which is mostly full of you know degenerates like us, and then a bunch of fucking assholes. Hey, shit. I am not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Oban looked service. I mean, four points a minute or three and a half points a minute. He only he held his opponent to 1.4 over 15 minutes, which is very good. Um, Val Woodburn, we didn't, unfortunately, we didn't get to see that fight. It just erased that fight against Bo Nickel. That was, you know, he, it was ridiculous. Um, I just think Oban is a bit more well-rounded here, uh, although there is some sorcery going on that could give Val Woodburn the win. But uh, I don't mind Elliot. I just think he's probably a bit too expensive for what I want to pay for a debuting fighter. Um, I don't know what he, if, if you put points to the win, his DWCS win, he got the dominant win. Sure. But he would have only scored 84 points and that's not going to do it at 9,300. So 
I'm just a bit skeptical there, but as far as getting the win goes, I think Obana Elliott, this is a this is a welcome to the UFC, young man. Here's your first win kind of fight. Val Woodburn time, Gino. Okay. So the I think um with this pricing too, if you look at Val Woodburn, let's not let's put things in perspective. Short notice fight, went and fought the one of the top prospects in a weight class above him. Mm -hmm. Very clear size advantage. Like, Jesus, I looked at the picture of him when he came in. I was like, dang, okay. The animal, he might be able to do something with uh, Bo. But then they stood next to each other, and I was like, oh, shit, poor guy. Um, But he did, He, I personally, I think he took one for the team, came in short notice, took his knockout. So now I think he got a fight in Elliott, that is actually more close than people are putting putting it on to be because again he was undefeated never knocked out he has professional fights under his belt so it's not like he was undefeated amateur just fighting people in florida he i mean he was he was fighting i mean combat night pro granted it's not the biggest thing but it's still a professional fight card um and you're fighting an elliot who has been knocked out in both of his losses um, and so he's shown clear power. He's he's back down to a weight class where he can do some damage. Um, I just don't see why Elliot is being treated like he's already arrived and he's just running over somebody. He's not. Um, he he is currently on a five fight win streak, which is good, but none of them are in the UFC. So to me, this is more of an even we don't know fight than anything. Because we really don't know what either guy can do. We just know what both guys have the potential to do. So I'm gonna go with the dog. Monk, did he hit on did he hit on your point? No, he didn't. This guy's name is Valentine. It's Valentine's week, and he's sixty nine hundred dollars. Come oh, on. Dear I thought God. you had like some deep mash yeah, shit that no. you were about to hit. That, that, that's, that's like astrology kind of, shit. You know what? Gino was gonna win this point anyway, because I happen to just agree with the whole point and I'm I'm biased. Oh, good. This I'm one. glad that but, I said it. But if you were behind that that type of comment, that's what pushes you pushes you over the edge. That's what people want to hear. If I was behind, <laughs> just roll at him like Blanca. <laughs> exactly. I already won. Uh, that. And there, there are there's there's definitely some <clears throat> some teenagers and twenty something year olds watching this going fucking who's Blanca. Right, right. <laughs> fucking old street Please fighter guys. Don't be my just students. Go, just, just go, just go look it up. <laughs> oh, that was great, Blanca. I hope it is. I hope your students are watching, and somebody rolls at you like Blanca tomorrow. Yeah. If they do, don't suspend that kid. Although yeah, I do have can. like three kids that come in my office, like kids that usually get in trouble, and they're like, "Yo, Mister C, who you got on the money line this weekend? No. Can you tell me?" <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, nice. You have to watch the podcast. We don't gamble and we don't bet on Fluffy Hernandez at plus two. No, yeah. <laughs> you do not do not put your lunch money on Andrea Lee at plus at plus money. No, don't don't do that. Yo, All on right. a serious note, I had to break up a craps game in my in one of the eighth grade oh, yeah. classes. Oh yeah. Did you at least wait for somebody to seven out, or were you a dick and take it <laughs> while, while, while there was a point? I took it, and the bad thing was, this was a couple of years ago. The teacher tried to argue how it was like part of the curriculum in her math class. Well, I you say I watched the fucking wire. That shit doesn't fly. 
I mean, kids these days can cannot do, um, you know, seven for six. You're teaching a math. Somebody's got eighteen dollars down. The six comes, you get twenty-one bucks. You're teaching math. And the wire prez taught him how to do math by he's like corner math, basically. I'm gonna have to hire you guys. You're, you're, <laughs> you're, yeah, no thanks. I I don't want to be a teacher. No disrespect to any teachers out there. Not for me. Yeah. Although I don't want to hear your shit. How your job is so hard when you get three months off. <laughs> Come at me. Come at me, bro. We've already talked about that. You yeah, know, he was on our side. I, I wasn't not throwing you under the bus. I'm just my own personal feeling. Nobody appreciates me. <laughs> now it's on record. I'm raising America's children. Yeah, well, you guys are sucking at that shit. We sure are. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Pajama pants and vape city, man. Jesus. <laughs> Pajama pants and vape city. Nope. <laughs> oh, solid. What fight am I on? Oh, yeah. We got to finish things up. Uh, Miranda Maverick, 8,900, taking on Andrea KGB. I date racistly at 7,300. Line on this fight. Maverick's minus 185. Lee is plus 155. I'm going to be upfront about my feelings in this fight. I wanted, I, I didn't want to pick Andrea Lee. I wanted to go with the favorite, and I couldn't do it. So who's ever on Maverick? You know what? I'm going to give Monk Ma Maverick. Yeah. Because I I'll want you to say something funny that takes me off of Andrea Lee and her very questionable taste in men. There's none of my business in terms of breaking down the fight. Well, full disclosure, I am also, I think I picked Andrea Lee to win this fight. All right. This, um, this, this, I this needs Maverick. to be the Max Griffin moment. You picked Maverick? I picked Maverick. All right. Switch. There Gino, you're first. Take Maverick. <laughs> Bucket, help me. You, you need right. to help me. Okay. Well, there's this thing called your fighting record, all right? And I'm looking at Andrea Lee's, and she's fucking two and six. She's lost three straight. Just, um, I mean, and then, like, Silva, that wasn't even close. She got straight up beat um, 40 strikes to 70. No wrestling, nothing else, just a straight up getting beat on the feet. Nothing fun to watch. Um, she lost to Macy Barber. Uh, but now that one, I will say that split decision – I that was okay. Uh, but then but then Arajo before that, she's um the, her two wins are versus shitty Shevchenko and then Calvillo. Like I don't I don't I don't see where her fighting a rounded Maverick who I mean she I thought I thought she's looked this is my question. This is actually my question to you. How rounded is Maverick? Because I think of Maverick as someone who needs to wrestle or she's in trouble. What I mean, she can use the like if you look at how she fought Shana Young, um, Shana Young was was doing a decent job with the with the striking defense at first, but then Maverick put on the wrestling and mixed it in with the with the striking, and you see she had like mid volume, a little bit over mid volume striking with five takedowns. Um, so she can I think the striking is not great. Um, don't like you know what I mean, but I think if she can get the wrestling going, she can really complement that wrestling with the striking, especially if it goes to a decision. Um, and again, I think this could be like we don't see Andrea Lee no more after after this fight, we, unless you, I don't I don't know what her maybe go on Instagram again, do the do the research, but you probably ain't <laughs> going to see her after this if she loses to Maverick. Um, and I think she does. I just I just think Maverick's the better fighter. That's okay. Um, if, if if I want to do research like that in Andrea Lee, I could just open up any World War II textbook. And <laughs> is she hot? I thought she was hot. No, I'm referring to her um, tendency to date Nazis. Oh, 
I didn't know a pension for that. Oh, really? Kind of, <laughs> seemingly. You or at least that? guys that have Nazi tattoos. Yeah, a couple of them. Ooh. Yeah, she's got to <laughs> lose then. And her, na- and her nickname is KGB. Which Where's is, which, I mean, from? I mean, it's not her probably, initials. Probably be- because um, SS was, was too on the nose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they might confuse that with significant strikes. <laughs> That's exactly what she sounds like, by the yeah, way. Her nickname was like Andrea Goebbelsley. <laughs> Goebbelsley. <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. Maybe that's what the G stands for in KGB. Who knows? This fight, I hate it. I hate it. I don't like either of these women. Let me just preface that. Um, yes, Andrea Lee has looked uh, not good. Shitty Shevchenko, shitty Calvillo. Uh, but Marav- Man- Miranda, if I could speak, Maverick, uh, you know, not only does she have the worst nickname on the card, like what does that even mean? Uh, where do you even put it in her name? It doesn't make sense. Her last three wins, Priscilla Cachuera, who cares? Shana Young, she was a minus 840 favorite. She better fucking win. And Sabina Mazo, she was a minus 400 favorite. She's gigantic favorites over these people. And she was a minus 300 against Double J, Jasmine Jasutavicius, a loss that has aged well but she still lost that fight as a minus 300 favorite. Um, I think this line is too wide. Lee likes to keep it standing, likes to throw kicks, can mix in the wrestling a little bit. Not sure if she's going to want to do that against Miranda Maverick, uh, but she should be the taller, uh, rangier fighter, and she is indeed. There is a huge age difference, which I don't like, but when Miranda Maverick does lose, um, she's given up like 100 points per loss, let's see, over her last two losses, I guess. Um so not great, uh, not great there. And Andrea Lee, despite all her losses, is only giving up 83 points when she does lose. She only gave up 58 to Natalia Silva after just getting beaten up basically for 15 full minutes. She only scored uh, 58 points on her. So if we're talking DFS, 8,900 is a real steep price to pay, in my opinion, even though Maverick does have on paper the round one upside. But Andrea Lee is tough, man. If she can't get her out of there, then I don't think she's going to score very well. And this, I mean, we could see another real greasy decision here with Andrea Lee. So, uh, yeah, I think this line, much like the Costa line, is a bit too wide or way too wide. And uh, I'll put my chips in on the dog here. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to boo her when she wins. Don't worry. I, I think I think I'm just with you. I, I, I'm going to give this one to Monk. Unfortunately, uh, yeah. it makes me sad. Very sad. But let's turn the corner. I just wanted to make a Blanca reference. I couldn't work it in, though. I'm going to say Blanca again for the 20th time in this podcast. Let's talk about Kill Shot's unowned play, underowned play that can help you win a tournament on DraftKings. Main event fighter not allowed. Um, although, not that I think either of those guys are going to be underowned this week. It's just a general rule. Uh, I need a second to think because mine was going to be Cejudo, and now Monk has me requesting my life. <laughs> so, um, because of that, Monk, I'm going to punish you, and you need to go first. That's fine, and I don't care what Vince says. He must have said it first in his head, but I said it first overall, and it's Paolo Costa, 7,200. I already made the argument here. I think this line way too wide. 7,200 seems criminal, uh, criminally low for a guy with uh, you know decent upside, upside and a path to victory. So 7,200 is wild. I'm well under the 7.7 mark. This is not a main event, and uh, yeah, give me uh, somebody – towards the bottom of the list that has finishing upside here. 
God, I hate I hate all the dogs. I the dogs like suck dogs. this week. Everybody, oh, there's a lot of dogs. I like really. Where? Yeah, no, I, I'm just gonna stick with Henry Cejudo because he's the best caliber dog, and I think he's live. But I, I really, it's not as it's it has taken a hurt hurting from Monk's argument. But it's still what I got to go with because I hate all the other ones, honestly. Um, okay, Gino, round us out. Yep, yep. Um, I am gonna go with Woody. I want I that. I want. Him. I want the the animal. Let me let that me was, go with that for the I kill I was considering shot. pivoting there at the last second, but I couldn't quite do it. So my, like original, it. I, my original was Lee this week, but I like. Then it. I saw Costa. I was like, I'll just take him instead. That's fine. I'm with it. All right, guys, that's what we got for UFC 298. Hit the like button. Share with your friends. Join us at DFS Army. Got promo codes, links, all that good shit down below. I will see you in the Discord. You guys got any words before we get out of here? No, sir. Looking forward to this card. Cannot wait for a non-Apex card since we'll probably be back there next week. So enjoy this while it lasts. Marab Fight Week. Let's go, baby. Good luck, guys. Let's get it. Cool, guys. One more time because it's very important that you hit the like button and share with your friends. And then... Cash those contests. Good luck. We'll see you next time.